0: What's up, everybody? Are you tuning in to the Challenge USA on CBS? Well, tune in to me, Tyson Apostle, as I break down each and every episode with my co-host, Amelia Wedemeyer. I'm also a contestant on the show, which gives you all the insider scoop. Amelia, how stoked are you to do this?
1: Tyson, I'm freaking excited. I cannot wait to sit my butt down every single week to watch the show, then come here and recap it with you on the Ringer Reality TV podcast.
2: While you place your bets, download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line Hello friends and welcome to this golf podcast. Unlike any other. Oh yes, my friends, we've done it. It is the fourth and final major of the season. This is Fairway Roll! <laughs> the Golf Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I am your starter. Joe House, my birdie buddies, my Eagle enthusiasts, my par saving pals. What a time to be alive. This historic moment, the 150th Open Championship. The British Open is this week, in case you haven't heard. It's eight at St. Andrews. In case you haven't heard, we are beginning this week, as is our way, with all of the biggest and best stories i'm very happy that alongside myself and our pga tour correspondent on the ground nathan hubbard we have here to celebrate with us as a champion of the fairway rolling podcast somebody that i know i won't have to disinvite because he's going to jump in and try and grab the spotlight for his own rogue media operation jason sobel from the action network welcome back buddy I never try to steal anything from you house. Thanks so much for having me guys. I am home this week. I'm not
1: at the open championship. I did the last two editions of the open at St. Andrews. I was there on the grounds and I'm telling you guys, up to this moment. I was like, ah, it's okay. I can miss an open. It's FOMO. It's I have serious FOMO right now. I, I just, need to be there i'm like gonna jump through my tv screen right now and somehow teleport myself there i feel awful we
2: we do see all of you know our golf media pals over there they're playing golf at all of the the venerable venerated places the weather looks amazing the guys are people are out at 10 o'clock at night tiger woods and justin thomas Uh, Are walking around on on you know Saturday night with wedges and putters and and you just take a look and say wow what a scene two hundred and forty thousand what do they call them in in the UK do they call them spectators they're not patrons yes spectators work spectators Uh, just an (laughs) amazing convening and how about uh, this moment in professional competitive men's golf where there has been a Storyline that has kind of grabbed the narrative over the last three months. Few of those guys from the 50 Foe are on site, on scene. Saw Phil Mickelson dressed in all black and wearing shorts, getting ready to miss another cut. So, Bull, we'll begin with the interesting sort of moment that we're at in golf, and then we'll jump into all of the detail as it relates to the the open championship and our early leanings and storylines for the week, you've been writing, um, serially as is your way about, you know, the, the twists and turns with 54 most recently, what seems to have developed is at least some significant, um, portion of the 54, the Kushner tour operatives wanting to have the opportunity to play whatever events all across the world are available to them. And you um, wrote about this a bit. What is your sense of sort of what the temperature is at the moment?
1: Okay. So first of all, house, how about the, I don't know if it's irony. I don't know if it's coincidence, but the fact that we can literally call this the greatest celebration in the game's history, the 150th anniversary of the oldest golf tournament in the entire world at the most venerable venue that we have in our game at perhaps the most crucial moment in the game's history where there is a fractured separation of the 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 game at the professional level. I mean, the fact that all of this is happening and taking place right now is is pretty remarkable. Again, I, I don't know if that's the definition of irony or not, but it certainly seems like it. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of these live golfers are in the field. I know a lot of people uh, you know we're um, we're very interested in the fact that Greg Norman was uh, essentially disinvited from playing in the celebration of champions, even though he is a uh, an open championship winner. Uh, they told him, "You know what, Greg, you don't have to come and don't come to the dinner either. And yet, uh, there are plenty of live golfers who are in the field this week. Interesting times. Uh, this is probably going to be also the last time, certainly this year, that we'll see all of the game's best players in the same place altogether it could be i have no idea how this is going to play out i don't think it's going to be this way but quite frankly this might be the last time i don't know ever or for a long time that we see all of the game's best players in the same place all together which is just strange i mean it's this is sort of like the perfect storm of everything coming together everything the massive tectonic shift that's taking place in professional golf right now alongside this massive celebration of the game's storied history all together at once. It, it's really, really um, just sort of eye-opening, I think.
0: Well, so, well, so the guy who seems to be honoring that more than anything is one Eldrick Tiger Woods. Mm-hmm. And this was so important to him that he skipped the U.S. Open. He is seeming to take in every single moment, not quite the same way as when Jack walked across the bridge and did that famous wave. But we're hearing a lot of percolating rumors about the future of Tiger. What are you hearing here? What is the key storyline to focus on around Tiger this week? Are we just appreciating him? Is he anything more than let's bet him to make the cut? Because that's what you do unless you're a goddamn communist. (laughs) Tell us about Tiger this week.
1: So, I look, I like Tiger this week. The one thing that I keep pointing to is when he limped off the 18th green at Augusta National three months ago after somewhat miraculously making the cut at the Masters, uh, not having played in, what, a year and a half, he was asked about the future of of his schedule. And he said, look, I, I don't know about the PGA Championship next month. Wound up playing that week, made the cut, withdrew because he was hurting so much at Southern Hills. Said, I don't know about the U.S. Open. Wound up not playing because he was still injured and said, yes, absolutely. I will be at the 150th open championship guys. That tells me two things about tiger. One is his perspective and his sense of history and how much he wants to honor the game and be there at this moment. The other thing is, look, tiger shows up to win golf tournaments. He's said that for the last 25 years, we shouldn't be surprised when he says that again this week. And as we record here on Monday afternoon, tiger hasn't spoken yet this week to the to the media but I I assume that he's gonna say the same thing look I have experience I have knowledge I know how to get my ball around this golf course I know where to where to hit it where to miss it and so I would I think Tigers had this circled on his calendar for a long time I think he's gonna have a solid week again Nate I'm with you he makes the cut this week I think it's a conservative like a top 30 kind of play if you really want to get aggressive maybe a top 20 I don't necessarily think he's going to be there on the back nine Sunday afternoon, but I don't think it's going to be a bad week for him either. I think that everything he's been working towards over the last couple of months, last couple of years is for this moment this week.
0: Two questions to follow up there. Is he going to make a comment about live this week? And do you make anything of the, he may retire after this week nonsense okay. that we're hearing?
1: So I, I assume that when he has a press conference, he's going to be asked many questions about live. So I don't think it's necessarily going to be a statement. It's not like, you know, Tiger's going to come out and say, hey, everyone gather around. I want to talk about Live right now. But he's going to be asked about it. He's essentially going to say the same thing he's been saying, which is, uh, look, we got into this to play in competitive events, to play, um, to play for our legacy, to play for history. That's not what live is about. So I, you know, it, he doesn't necessarily um He's not into it whatsoever. Look, I, I understand it for guys like a Lee Westwood, like an Ian Poulter, who their, their time has come and gone for winning a major championship for yeah. being top 10 players in the world. And so you take a bunch of cash and we can sit here and argue whether, you know, it's it's right to take the cash and where it's coming from and all those kind of things. But um, I, I kind of, I at least understand it from their perspective. Not everybody is Tiger Woods. Not everybody's got a billion bucks in the bank and can go, hey, you know what? Uh, I don't need the money. Uh, I'm just going to keep playing competitive golf and banging my head against the wall, as Graham McDowell has said uh, recently uh, about playing PGA Tour golf every week. As far as the retirement stuff, I I think that's just rumor. I think that's just yeah. speculation. From people thinking he's going to walk across the bridge, do the right. Jack Cave, and go off into the sunset. Uh, if you listen to Tiger, and Tiger, for the first 20 years of his career, Tiger would quite honestly lie to us all the time. I I remember one day. I mean, this is. You know, just a, a brief epitome of what Tiger would say to the media. But I, I walked around with him at Monterey Peninsula Country Club. This is 2012-13. He was playing in the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and he went out there, and he had like 39 putts for the day. And afterwards, I said, Tiger, how would you assess your putting? Just open-ended question. I'd say, Tiger, boy, you putted like crap today. Uh, what was wrong? It was how would you assess your putting? And he looked me in the eye and said, oh, I put it great. I just couldn't find the hole. You know, I, I really like my stroke. No, you didn't. I could tell how frustrated you were. So Tiger would often just sort of, you know, I, I don't know if it was a, a thing where he just liked going back to his hotel room at the end of the night and putting on the TV and, and calling up the internet and reading some stories. Going, ah, they, they think I, I really liked it. It's how
0: I, he kept I, his edge, right? Yeah, I mean, he I, just had to keep convincing himself that he was I, fine.
1: I think that's part of it. But in any case, over the last couple of years, I think Tiger's been very honest with us. He's been very open with us. And if you've listened to Tiger over the last few months when we've seen him speaking publicly, he said, look, you know, I'm not going to play a full schedule. And we've seen that. I am going to try to play the events that mean the most to me every year. This obviously is one of them. There's no reason to believe that he's going to go hang it up after this. He he believes that he's only going to get stronger and get better. I mean, if he can go play... An open championship right now. If he can make the cut in the Masters this year, guess what? Next year he's only going to be healthier. You you think he's only going to play better, and that's what's going through Tiger's mind right now. And I, again, I have no reason to believe that this will be sort of a a celebration of his career, and he's going to ride out into this whatsoever.
2: And and we've been watching him um, over these past handful of days. We watched him at the JP McManus uh, Pro Am last week. He didn't look awesome in terms of like the physical comfort that he was displaying and he Not was great. all bundled up. Um, you know, the weather clearly had a little bit of a chill in the air. Um, but he was still, even, you know, as the weather got warmer and he moved over to to St. Andrews after playing Bally Bunyan in Southern Ireland last week, um, there is still a noticeable, I don't know the right way to characterize it. The diminishment in his overall, the, like the way he walks, the way his his body um, moves. Uh, and yet, you know, he's still, we watched him drive the green on 18 on, on social media. Um, you know, the swing looks absolutely fine. So I don't, in terms of the, the performance aspect of it, I'm knocking on wood. I don't have any concerns. I do want to dive in a little bit more. JS on one aspect of what we were just covering with Nate, which is you you, so far, it seems that um, Tiger has been content to really let Rory McIlroy take the lead as being kind of the spokesperson for the tour, the person that, that has been um, the most out there, the most committed, he's the most prominent um, golfer, the most accomplished golfer. To have taken on the live concept uh, and and just offered a bunch of aggressive thoughts around it. Tiger's been a bit more muted. And you, so his his press conference is tomorrow. We're taping this, like we said, on Monday afternoon. He could drop a bomb this week. That's is, this is what I'm getting he at. Could I want to ask, ask Jason, wh- why, why do you think that Tiger might continue to toe the line and not go in and say, look, this is... This is legacy. This is history. This is what I believe in. You can go do this other thing. You can go do the live thing. Um, To me, that just means that you're a a competitor that's not interested in history or legacy or any of the the, the greats that have come before you. Why wouldn't he go in that direction, do you think?
1: So... I think he said what he's going to say. I mean, I, I think we're going to hear from Tiger exactly what he's been saying this entire time. I, I spoke with Rory Backroy at length, probably about 45 minute conversation a few weeks ago. And it was one of those uh, over with the flexes today. Well, House. Nate, no, we he's, he's a, a, he's a we major a
0: round with Tiger. We got he's, 45 <laughs> minutes with Rory. Holy
1: shit. Nate, he's a champion golf media person. It, so celebrated, Fucking pro. <laughs> Yeah. This is after Rory shot 62 in the first round of the Travelers. He finished all his media stuff. I kind of walked over. We started chatting. It was myself and Mark Canizaro, a uh, great writer from New York. And, and we just sat there, like, you know, shooting the shit with him for, for 45 minutes. It was one of those, since it's been in the news so much over the past year, it was one of these off-the-record conversations that nobody ever said off the record, but you know it's off the record. What right. I can tell you from that is that, first of all, Rory's just unbelievably intelligent and educated about everything that's going on. I mean, from talking about like the, the PGA Tours 501 C3 status and, or C6 status and the tournament C3 status and uh, what it means and why they're handcuffed a little bit. So, I mean, he, he has learned as much as any PGA Tour executive about what it all means and speaks very intelligently about it. But The other part of this that I don't think Rory would mind me saying is that he speaks with Tiger. He said just about every other day. And he said, Tiger is wow. very involved with a lot of this stuff. Tiger knows exactly what's going on. Tiger is pushing for the PGA Tour to do certain things. And uh, I, I would I would venture to say, wow. from, uh, from what Rory told me, that Tiger has more influence on what's going on in the game of professional golf and what's going on with the PGA Tour right now than I think any of us really realize.
0: So why doesn't he just fucking deep six
1: Norman this week? He might. He might, I'm not sure what else he can say, though. I mean, he's he's gonna say, look, it's silly hit and giggle golf. You wanna go out there and, and yeah. take me to to go play golf that doesn't matter? Go ahead. I, I built this matter. and you're but disrespecting that's not, that's not me. I got
0: into it. You're disrespecting me, you're disrespecting Jack. Anyway, the nice way of saying it is the way that House framed it. But it's I I think the most underrated storyline is is what he's gonna say at this press conference.
2: Good point. No, or I'll, or I'll not. Maybe, maybe it. it'll be what Jason says. Right? Well, exactly. If he says
1: nothing, it's also a story. I don't he think has the nothing. like the, the, look, the gravitas, look Tiger, and so Tiger. I don't think Tiger's going to come out and say, "Screw Greg Norman, screw the Live; those guys are dead to me. I'm never speaking with Phil Mickelson again." No, it's not that, but it's going to be very much. He's look, thinking look, it. Look, <laughs> he might be. Essentially, everything we've heard from Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas, who are two of Tiger's closest confidants in professional golf yeah. right now. Are, they're essentially echoing what Tiger says. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, anything yeah. Tiger says is going to mirror what JT and Rory have said over the last few months.
2: So we we saw Shane Bacon on the tweeters um, put out there this this fantasy notion of the Thursday Friday pairings, including Tiger with Phil pairing up Tiger Woods with with Phil Mickelson you know, uh, t- taking on potentially right on the nose, this legacy thing. I I, I can't imagine the RNA would do that unless Tiger Woods went to them and asked them, please put Phil in my group. But I don't, it doesn't seem like that's that's in the cards. But there is a sort of, of it's a very, very sweet concept, right? Uh,
1: yeah, there's no chance of that. By the way, no I've had chance. players me this morning. I'm not there. I've had players texting me who are in the field Asking when the tea times are going to be out, and if I knew, I'm like, you're there. I'm not even there. I do I know <laughs> times be out. I assume it be out uh, pretty soon after we we're 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 done here on the pod. But uh, no, yeah. I I think that Tiger Woods again. Look, uh, there's people like to think that these things just sort of you know happen by you know like a computer spits out pairings and they go, okay, that's what we'll do. Uh, look, I don't know that the RNA is specifically going to Tiger Woods and saying. Who would you like to play with this week? But I do believe that there's some thought going into it as far as we're not going to screw you, tight, We're not going to put you in a bad situation where, you know, you, you're you're sort of anti-live and, and Phil's kind of wearing the, the full black these days and going full villain. And we're going to put you guys together just for the scene of it. Um, and the other part of this too is, guys, I know how you feel about this. Playing partners is something, te- or groupings is something we talk about to fill the time from Monday to through Wednesday evening and by the time they get to Thursday especially the major championship it's not like these guys are going out there having a sandwich and hanging out together and making a few bets on the golf course they're they're playing their own game they're they just happen to be playing near a few other players that um that are in the tournament too but i i just don't think it matters a whole lot but no tiger will be with oh man i i tried to Yeah who this would game. you guess that that play that, I played this like that game with Colt Nose we were sitting there at Augusta, and we said, "Okay, uh, it was like something like a hundred bucks if you get one of his playing partners, five hundred if you get them both dead on." And we both missed it, but we were in like the right, like I, I think I had like Cameron Smith and Joaquin Neiman or something like that, like kind of you know just guys that you look at and go, "Yeah, they're good players. They're not putting Tiger with scrubs, but they're also not guys that are like going to cause a scene. It's not live players. It's not anything like that." Let's say I will go Tiger with. Some former champ. How about Tiger with Zach Johnson and Louis Usta, Louis the Live guy? Yeah.
2: Uh, Zach Henrik certainly Stenson. makes sense as a, as a Ryder Cupper.
1: How about Henrik Stenson?
2: Yeah, Stenson yeah. Stenson's no, too. Ryder he's like there. one step away from yeah. Live. It feels like.
1: Yeah, he is, and he's also. I mean, you're not putting both Ryder Cupper Tiger with Zach Johnson, Mark Leishman. How's that?
2: All leash has done is, is compete. I, what about who's the oldest, um, open, you know, former champ, open championship winner in in this field. That, 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 that that would be, wouldn't that make some sense? Yeah. That feels like they're putting tiger
1: out to pasture. Like you put him with Calc and Mm. Aaron Clark. And it's like here, tiger, you know, have fun playing two rounds with a couple of the old guys. Like no tiger wants to be in the mix with like guys
2: who are good. And guys who are actually competing in this thing. Put him with I JT. Love, I love they put him with Scheffler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A bunch of I world former number ones.
1: Like a, I think it's like a top twenty-five type of guy. They also, and I don't know how much the Open thinks about this. I think the Masters was thinking about it, but I don't know if the RNA is thinking like, hey, we have a chance for like growing our audience and our rights holders worldwide. Let's put him like Hideki Matsuyama would be a really good one. We're like, let's grow the Asian market with Hideki playing with tiger and we're going to do huge ratings numbers in that part of the world, jazz, Jan, or whatever.
0: So, Hey, look, incredible um, yeah. flexes, just incredible flexes from Sobel today. Well, <laughs> I, I, we are talking about a couple of guys in Phil and tiger who are not going to win this golf tournament. You right. have a piece out today uh, on your thoughts on who can actually win this uh, golf tournament. And I want to get into that, but I want to start with the Scottish open. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you two questions, uh, which are really the only two that are relevant coming out of it, other than did you enjoy the Jordan Spieth experience once again? I think the two questions are, first and foremost, holy shit, Xander, has he been uncorked? And do we really have to think about Xander now as a guy who can go finally get it done and win the major? Because for so long it was... There was this moment where it felt like maybe golf was about to pass him by and and the window was going to, not completely, that's an exaggeration, but he just wasn't winning the big ones. And he's won two pretty big boy field tournaments now, and he's looked terrific. Is he uncorked? And then the second piece is, generally speaking, do we learn anything from the Scottish Open? Was this a place that is an accurate sort of representation of what we're going to see next week. Should we take anything from the guys who played well? Should we take anything from the numerous guys who missed the cut?
1: All right. So two things here. I'll I'll start with the second one. Uh, Yes. And no, like, I, I want to see some guys in like relative form, you know, Justin Thomas shooting 10 over through two rounds has not great. KT withdrew from the travelers with a back injury. Didn't hear him speaking about injury, but like, uh, something's wrong with JT right now. And I'm staying away from him. that said, am I all in on guys just because they were top five last week? No, not necessarily. I just, I want to see some kind of form post four decent scores at the Scottish open. I, I think this is going to be a wildly different tournament and guys we've seen mother nature blow through the players championship where we got four seasons in five days. And then each of the first three majors, it was, it was sunny. It was rainy. It was windy, it was calm, it was hot, it was cold. And all three of them this week, the one where we want weather, it's going to be like 70 degrees and the wind's going to blow 15 miles an hour. I mean, it's just it, it's going to be nothing. It's a big nothing from Mother Nature. Sneaky this week, low scores, but, right? Do, they are going to tear up this golf tournament. Mm. I think something 20 under par or better is going to win this if we don't indeed get some 30 to 40 mile an hour winds. Sounds like the place. Barbasol. I, I mean, really Mark covered so, at the Barbasol baby, yeah, so so Nate, we saw it last week, six under won that golf tournament last week. I point to Matt Fitzpatrick, who's the guy that I mean, the yeah. narrative firmly on Matt Fitzpatrick that when it's a tough golf course, when pars are a good score, he's going to play well. He shot three under for four rounds and finished what fifth, or something yeah. like that. you know he played really well at a place where you've got to shoot 21, 22 under, where someone's yeah. going to shoot 63 this week, we might see somebody. Uh, match Brandon Grace's record of a 62 at the Open Championship. We might wow. see one fun this week. I mean, really, guys, they were just talking on TV about four, three or four drivable par fours this week. Guys are going to be hitting the par fives in two. I mean, if if your putter gets hot and you're doing that, uh, you're going to post a really low score on this golf course. And so coming over from the Scottish Open, like, yes, I want to see guys in form, but it's not necessarily a, a, a definitive correlation from one, the next i think it's going to be a completely different uh type of scoring event as far as xander yeah look he's uncorked he's on a heater right now the game of golf and the analyzation in golf is so fickle these days because one guy can win two events all of a sudden he's the hottest golfer on the planet that's just how it works if you're an nfl team you win two games in a row doesn't make you the hottest team in the nfl just means you won two games in golf it's completely different you're beating everybody else and so it doesn't happen that often and uh, we all of a sudden go from, oh, man, Scotty Scheffler a world beater. He's the best player in the world to, hey, maybe it's Rory to, wow, Xander's the best in the world right now. Uh,
0: yeah, those were two shaky closes down the stretch from him, to yes. be fair.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Look, you win, you win. I, I take nothing away from Xander. I, I will point this out. And I think a lot of people are going to go in the other direction. They're going to say, look, it's really hard to go back to back it's even harder to go back to back to back and keep winning and keep riding that wave. Right. I will say the last time I said that was before the masters thinking, look, Paul <laughs> averages average says Scotty. Yeah. Shepler is not going to win for a 12th time in a row or whatever stupid number <laughs> right. it was at that point. It just can't happen. And he's got to right. run out of gas at some point and he goes and wins the masters. So uh, that's almost the, I don't know. What do you like the reverse psychology on picking yeah. Xander properly this week?
2: Well, I, I don't have any problem with picking Xander top ten, top five. I'll probably play him both of those ways. And I'll obviously you're gonna have to lay juice if you wanna play him top twenty. The only, you know, reason that you might wanna draw a distinction between him and and Scheffler in terms of catching guys on a heater and the lesson learned with Scotty is like Xander's um wins have been super bundled. Like this is a very tight window that that he's um had all of this winning occur in. And I, my only concern with Xander is just fatigue. Like I, he Running, was out there today. Yeah, that's all. And, and really not even Thursday, Friday as the tournament goes on, um, would be the concern. Hey, hey, my Eagle enthusiasts. Let's get down with some good times with our friends at FanDuel. Step up to the tee and take a swing at betting the PGA Tour on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet the Tour with the no sweat first bet. If you don't win, you get up to $1,000 back in free bets. It's Open Championship Week, my birdie buddies. We're looking at a handful of outrights. We're going to play outrights, top fives, top tens, top 20s. The guys that were on for outrights, Rory McIlroy, Jordan speed, Tommy Fleetwood decent odds for sure. Once you get down to some of those guys, looking at the placement bets as well. The top fives, the top tens, we're going to look at some head to heads. Jason Sobel likes Sahit Tagala. So do I, why not betting on FanDuel is easy. There's great promotions every day. The markets are wide open. They're up already safe and secure. The app is beautiful. It's super easy to use. You get paid fast. See for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up using promo code ROLLIN, R-O-L-L-I-N. Get started with your no sweat first bet up to $1,000. The FanDuel Sportsbook is the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Our promo code once again is ROLLIN. Quick disclaimer, you have to be 21 or older and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana, and permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. Your first online real money wager only. The refund is issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt restrictions apply you can see terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com if you have a gambling problem you can call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com rg in iowa michigan new jersey pennsylvania or illinois 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 call one 887 777 or visit ccpg.org chat in connecticut one 770 stop in Louisiana, one 8 hope ny or text HOPE-NY, 467-369 in New York. The Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, Power or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by EverNorth Health Services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and EverNorth is doing everything in their power to make that wonder let's talk about St. Andrews uh so the defense it seems because it was reported that it was 82 degrees over the weekend so the defense of the golf course will be um firm and 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 fast that that seems like if if the wind does you know moderate in that 15 mile an hour maybe it gets up to 25 just because of where it sits you know that that's just called that's just the day that ends in a Y. Um, that you get that, that kind of breeze, but you don't think that the combination of the firm and fast plus just the basic, you know, major pressure will have a dampening effect on the scores. You think so well that they, they, the guys will go out. I, I, I certainly is subscribed to the notion that low rounds are, are possible, but somebody stringing together, you know, a a. uh four 66's or something, or, you know, three 66s in the 65. Um, you think that's potentially in the cards?
1: There will be at least
2: one national or international golf writer
1: who writes a column on Sunday evening titled is St. Andrew's outdated. So yeah. You know, guys, guys are just going to tear. It's, it's not that hard of a golf course. And I hate to say it, but luck is going to play a massive part in this week's event. It, you're going to bomb it out oh, there. So- the ball's never going to stop. If you hit one into the face of a little pot bunker, all of a sudden you're making a six or seven somewhere because right. you've got to go out sideways. Then you've got you to get yourself back into shape. Whereas uh, the ball bounds past the pot bunker, goes another 75 yards down the fairway, and you've got to wedge in on a par five. I mean, it's just getting lucky breaks and getting good bounces. I know people don't want to hear that. I know people, especially in the betting world, are going to say, no, I'm looking at the metrics. I'm looking at strokes gained. I'm looking at T to green. I'm looking at form. I'm looking at all these things. And trust me, I'm looking at all those things as well. But at at some point, someone's going to walk off the golf course. And Justin Thomas was talking about it uh, before the Scottish Open last week, where he was asked about his fairly poor record at the Open Championship. And he said, look, I've been on the wrong side of the draw a few times. I'm not making excuses, but I've had a bad draw a few times. And then there are other times I I just got unlucky. I I didn't feel like I played that badly. It's just like ball winds up in a bad spot and and I can't make a birdie. Instead of making a birdie, I make a bogey. And so you're going to see guys at the end of this week who go, man, I just, I, I didn't go to bunker all week. Tiger back in 2000, didn't hit into a bunker on this golf course. He wins, you know, if tigers drives wind up in bunkers uh, two or three times every round that week, does he win the 2000 open championship? Maybe still, maybe not. It maybe gets screwed. It's in the face of a bunker. And all of a sudden he's got to go out sideways. Like I said, you know, he doesn't win that golf tournament. So there are going to be guys on Sunday. Who go ah, Yeah. didn't hit into a bunker. It was pretty easy this week. Played great. Then there are other guys. They're going to be shaking their heads. Maybe even Friday afternoon after missing the cut going, I did nothing wrong and just got screwed every single time I hit the ball and it went in the wrong spot. And that's why I'm not playing the weekend.
0: Well, there can only be one champion golfer of the year. And it certainly takes some luck, but it also takes an enormous amount of skill. As you know, you are currently on a podcast with a man who has at least three rooms in his house built out as a shrine to one Rory McElroy. <laughs> I read your piece today and you led Hello! with the man with whom you had a 45-minute conversation.
1: So my friend, make your case for Rory. Every single narrative, Nate, this week is pointing in the direction of Rory McIlroy. It feels so much like last year's U.S. Open, where we're all sitting there looking at John Rahm, saying, I know it's a short number. He's the favorite this week, but he's definitely going to win, right? And so I'm looking at Rory this week thinking the same thing. I get it. It's been eight years since he's won a major. He's got all the scar tissue built up from, you know, all those close calls. He's been top 10 at the first three majors this year. He's finished in the top 20 in seven straight starts. He's in form. He's sort of carrying this, uh, not the weight of the PGA tour, but sort of being the, the most vocal leader in the game right now, both on and off the golf course. Uh, you know, he's hanging out with Tiger Woods playing practice rounds. Everything about Rory is screaming, uh, this is a guy that's going to go out and win. And uh, I'll give you one more. And I know you read the piece, date, but for those who haven't, here's a little history lesson for you. The 50th Masters, Happened to me nineteen eighty six. If you don't know what happened that year, uh, spoiler alert: Jack nicholas won that one. His sixth career green jacket at the age of forty six. The hundredth U.S. Open, big celebration back in two thousand. They went to Pebble Beach. Some guy named Tiger Woods won by fifteen shots. The greatest anniversary celebrations in the history of the game have been won by absolute legends. I can't see a guy coming out of left field, a guy who's eighty to one this week, and going, mm. "Oh wow, he won the Open." That's nice. It's I, not I think it's Curtis going to Week. Big, yeah. big name. And, and Rory's the guy for me.
2: Uh, unfortunately, obviously, I am joining you. If I've already bet Rory. I have him at 11 to 1. <laughs> I have him at 10. To I'm going to keep doing it.
1: House, over the last couple of weeks, since the odds, uh, at least in my book, have been up for the open, every time I start looking down there and going, oh, you know what? That's a nice number on him. I train myself. And this is, this is a lot of willpower because I don't usually do this. I go, wait. Yeah, it's a great number on. Uh, Robert McIntyre, I think he's a really good player. I'm take whatever I was gonna put on Bobby Mack and I'm throwing it on Rory. Rory. Rory's going to win.
0: and put
1: it all over the t- I'm basically gonna have outrights
2: on one guy this
1: week. Maybe <laughs> it's, it's, it's really oh, no. the way it's gonna be. <laughs> second or third, but it's oh, mostly
0: no.
2: <laughs> here's the, the other aspect to this. Um, if we're really going heavy with this karma stuff, the last time this tournament was at St. Andrews. Rory was supposed to come defend it. Instead, he made the poor decision to go have a kickabout with his buddies, and he ruined his ankle. He was the defending Open Championship champion going into 2015. He hurt his ankle. He has not won a major since then. We are finally back at the Open Championship. The opportunity for redemption on the biggest stage at the biggest moment is staring us right in the face. Now, the only thing that scares me, honestly, with Rory, the only thing, the only thing that, that scares you, Matthew Fitzpatrick was the so on the nose pick for the U.S. Open. Like we right. sat, we went through and it's like, oh, my God, there's no way he was. You know, he's he's a tough course guy. He's, you know, he 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 really showed out at the PGA championship. Yeah, and then what he did at Brookline, can he possibly go for a full circle win his first major at the same place? That he won, he he's gonna stay with the same family and you know, all, all that stuff. It's like, that's too odd the to nose. That's corny ass BS. There's no way that's gonna happen. And now here we are once again with Rory McElroy. God damn it. I think I have to we I mean we have to go in this direction, Nate Dog. What are we gonna do? Let me just
0: since you two are so in the bag, I, I gotta carry you out to the trash, both of you. Who are we off? This week, I'll, I'll tell you one guy. I loved that conversation between Rom and Tiger, where Tiger was asking him about his swing. But it, the only intelligible part that you could make out was Rom saying, When I was hitting it good last year. Ooh. And for me, that spooked me. I, I just, there's something that's not quite right about Rom. To your earlier point about JT, I, I, there's something he's still working through and grinding on. I keep waiting for him to break through. I mean, he won the U S open over a year ago and outside of Mexico, which was not a real win. That's really the last real win he's had. He's due, but I I just feel a little nervous about him. Is there anybody
1: else that we're definitely off this week? Sobel. I, I think it's really tough. Rom's definitely a guy that's not really on my radar this week. JT is the other guy I mentioned him before. Uh, potential back issues and I get it when you when you withdraw from the travelers the week after the U.S. Open there's yeah. A like yeah okay he's quote-unquote injured yeah sure but then he was right. tweeting all weekend about hey I can't move and I've got to listen to some good podcasts any recommendations? right he was and serious that was the Whole thing and that was only a few weeks ago it's a little colder there it's not really cold but still you got to bundle up a little bit with a bad back that doesn't seem good so JT is a guy that I'm off there are a couple of guys who haven't played well recently that I kind of like this week for a few reasons. Uh, Victor Holland is one who's, he's been terrible. He hasn't finished yeah. in the top 20 at a stroke play event since March. I don't yeah. know what's polls. with blow holes. Holland. But you you look at what what's wrong with his game. He's like, I, I have the numbers in my piece this week, but he's like 28th strokes gained off the tee. He's 10th in strokes gained on approach shots. He's 20th in strokes gained putting. He is dead last in strokes gained around the greens. And that's just as usual. Actually, fascinating to me that a guy can be a top 10 player in the world and be so bad at one yeah. very aspect of the game. That said, he's not chipping through, uh, through sticky Bermuda this week. You know, he's not trying to like wedge something out of, uh, of, of thick bent grass, like you would in the Northeast here in the United States. Uh, you know, you're, you can basically take a putter from, from off the green everywhere and never even play a wedge shot. So I think Victor Hovland who hasn't been playing well, maybe has a chance. And uh, guys, you're going to tell me I'm crazy for this. And I don't even know if I like it. I'm trying to talk myself into it, maybe for like a completely contrarian DFS play. But doesn't it feel like the kind of course where if Bryson is somewhat healthy, he just hits about four to 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 seven yards on every drive, doesn't (laughs) ever have to hit a seven iron or an eight iron and can just kind of like drive and wedge and putt his way around this golf course.
2: It it all just comes down to the putting. I honestly um, don't hate Bryson this week. We we kind of use you the US don't? O- No, but well, but here's the thing: we use You've the been US Open. Worried
0: o- that he's injured.
2: Yeah, we. And this is the, precisely the point. I, to me, the US Open was the marker. We 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 got to see him. Um, he hit the 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 by far the longest tee ball on 18 as we sat on 18 for many hours and drank so much ranch water. Anyway. Uh, yes. Bryson had by far the longest drive of, of of the day, and really the U.S. Open exercise for 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 me at least was the true test of is he back in terms of the health component. Now there's certain certainly still some rust to his game, but I don't I don't disagree with Sobel in the sense that um, he's going to be very comfortable with whatever club he chooses off of every single tee. And if he just wants to hit, you know, uh, 16 drivers, because there's only two part threes, if he wants to hit 16 drivers, he can do it. And if he thinks he's going to have wedge, if he thinks his wedge game is dialed in, and then it'll be for him a putting contest. I'm curious as to why we have made it this far in without talking about the defending open champion, uh, the last year's, uh, out of nowhere, winner, the guy who really blew up all of the historical trend lines um, for this thing. And that's Colin Morikawa. When we're talking about guys that are not in, in very good you form. You know why?
0: Because he's why? just a guy.
2: He's just a guy. <laughs> Is he just he's a guy? He's talking about, listen, he's spending
0: all of his time talking about watching JT's shot shape at the players and how he needs all nine shots to be able to do it. I, I, he's not just a guy. But he has not been himself of late. And he's he's talking about other guys' games in ways we haven't heard. Sobel, tell me, what what is going on with
1: Morikawa? So, yeah, clearly hasn't been his best this year. Uh, he's been good, not great, obviously. Uh, look, he got everybody off the scent last year. he had never played Wings yeah. Off, went to the Scottish Open, finished in 71st place. There was nobody on him for the Open Championship. Guys "Yeah, like, yeah, I... I don't know how to like hit my irons on this kind of turf. All right. One of the best iron players in the world doesn't know how to hit his irons. Yeah. seems To neutralize his strength. I don't like him. And he goes out and wins of course. Um, so I, but I still kind of worry about, is there still some of that? Like, did he figure it all out last year? Did he get lucky for four days? I don't want to say lucky. Did he just, it? kind of click for him for four days. and he gets back there this year. And it's like, wait, how do you play links golf again? So I'm still not mm. completely sold on Colin Morikawa. As a links golfer, and I'll throw in one more guy who this year really reminds me of Colin Morikawa last year, and that's another fade for me this week. But I'm a little worried about it. A lot of people are going to be on Will Zalatoris this week, just based on the fact that he seems to show up for every major championship and play his best golf. He's Will's due Al-Torres for a brick. You're right. Has, he's due for a, a brick. No form uh, overseas whatsoever. He's never been a guy that we've seen at a links course. And go, wow, he's really got the game for this. Now, can he pull off a Colin Morikawa and do exactly what Colin did last year, saying, I don't know how to play Lynx golf, I haven't done much of it, haven't had any success, and all of a sudden figure it out for four days? Sure, he's talented enough, but he, he's a fade for me for those reasons. He's
0: never won a golf tournament. Come on,
2: he's not winning the 150th at St. Andrews. Yeah, I, I will oh, say house. this. Well, I, I had I watched oh, a lot man. of his round deliberately um, because I am, you know, sizing up my relationship with. I mean, he's been nothing but rewarding for us yes, all yes, season long. He he's been a, an absolutely terrific play at every major. Um, and I couldn't recall having seen him play any kind of link style golf. And I watched him try and hit a five iron out of the fescue. And the lie actually looked great in the first round. Of course, the fescue grabbed the hazel. He looked like us. I mean, he, he it, it right. snapped it. He pulled down. He cl- it was closed club he face. He didn't look like and us. It ended up Well, it was, he hit it 120 yards into the fescue again. I mean, fescue to fescue, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then he hit it on the green, and uh, I got very close to making the putt to save uh, par. He didn't, but in any event. Um, The thing that I wonder about as it relates to Willie Z in the context of this Morikawa conversation, Kyle Morikawa got to play, was Royal St. Litham last year? Under the under conditions that literally looked like he was playing in San Diego, they yeah. had no weather whatsoever. There was no, yeah. and so he just had a very comfortable, it, you could have picked that golf course up yes. and dropped it in any temperate climate. That's and he why we talking about the low and high shots
0: this week because he didn't have to use them last year.
2: You, the, the, the Morakawa, yes, but, but yes. will it, Willie Z? What if, what if the weather turns out as the early week forecast is, is suggesting? where it's not a, a, a factor. Do you have any concerns about his ability to make birdies in bunches at this play? He certainly drives the ball accurately and his putter comes alive in a hot way. When it's major time, he's got yeah. the hot putter. He's got the HP when it's major I know.
1: time. Putted great at the U S open last month. I get it. I watched it. I was there. I still do not trust wills. Allentor with, with it to win a major. No, champion. It looks terrible, and look—that doesn't mean he's not going to win. He's good enough where he can putt below average and still win a golf tournament. It's going to happen at some point, but I, he, I don't necessarily trust he's it. I don't going to no.
2: he, he did have a putt to force a playoff. <laughs> yes, mean, he it was in his hands. He the had playoff. the putter and he had the ball and he hit the shot. The shot, the drive was awesome, and the approach was awesome, and he had the putt to force the playoff, and he missed the putt. I understand don't, it wasn't that yes. bad of a read, but I. He, understand. He, he, Yes, he's
0: going to spend all fall with Faxon or somebody. And he's going to figure out how to put. He's going to come back in January and be dangerous as hell. I just don't trust it right now. I've seen it too much in person. It, it's not good enough.
2: Okay. Sobel, so, Bull. so we, we've hit on um, a bunch of the big names, uh, a little bit of outliers, guys, to fade. Give us one of your favorite under-the-radar Guys, as we size up um, this week, and and you know somebody that that is not going to make any headlines, and then it's Thursday, you're like, holy shit! Look at the the sixty four by that guy. Okay, depends on how far
1: under the radar we want to go. Like some people are like under the right. Ra- like I, I watch all the time. I love when you know it's people on Twitter, people on TV go. I got a sleeper pick this week. I into Sam Burns is my big. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that's about? not a- yeah. yeah not that's a- right. So it depends how under the radar we want to go. I love Tommy Fleetwood this week. I won't call him under the radar, but I love him this week. I think he finishes inside the top five. I'll probably have him third. I'm going to do work on my ranking later today. I'll have it out probably tomorrow. Top 50 uh, ranking that I do for every major championship. Uh, I'll probably go. It'll definitely be Rory one. There'll be a big space between one and two. Speak two and Tommy Fleetwood number three. Again, not too far under the radar. You want some total under the radar guys? Uh, Robert McIntyre is a guy who has finished sixth and eighth in his two starts. He's a Scottish guy. He, I I think, he's the guy that really kind of gets up for these major championships. He needs something big on the line to go play his best golf, and he's done it already. Thomas Dietrich. I don't know what they got in Belgium, where all of a sudden every couple of years they come up with a guy who hits it miles, who looks like he's going to be a superstar. I you do a story. to dinner with nicholas colsarts where i i did a story on him i thought he was going to be like the next number one player in the world i was convinced that colsarts was an absolute star great dude got injured got sick for a while he's like really sick and he's like outside the top 700 in the world thomas peters has been actually really good this year i like him tree is a guy that um two top 20s in his last three starts again for a top 10 top 20 play I like him. I'll keep going down the list. And I'll just shout out a few guys here. Jordan Smith, who might have been under the radar until last week, and then we saw his all in one. Yeah. times on TV, and now he's not under the radar anymore. Uh, maybe a couple of these live guys, Justin Harding, Scott Vincent, Laurie Cantor, oh, sort of random guys that, hey, they've been playing well. I get it. They're live guys, and a lot of people are going to kind of just stay away from live guys just because. I don't mind a few of those guys this week. And then how about, as of right now, the last player in the field happens to be the guy that should have, could have, would have won the Travelers Championship, Sahih Figala. We, we've looked at him all. I've been talking about him for six months now. Like, he's yeah. he's really good. He's going to be one of the favorites at a major you, championship. You've been on him from the Pepperdine days. The guy is really good. I said after the Travelers, well, so much for ever getting a good number on Figala ever again. He has opened up at 150 to 1. Again, I don't think he's going to win, but if you look at some of the other guys who are 150-1 to 1 this week, Phil Mickelson, Padraig Harrington, Brian Harmon, Siwoo Kim, Eric Van Royen, I would hammer Thigala in a matchup against any of those guys.
2: Yeah, we're hunting matchups. That That's the best way to play Sahith, right? Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Well, uh, you're on the radio all week long, as is your way. What Tell everybody, it's Sirius XM, the It's the PGA Tour... Channel, what are the times?
1: I, I have no idea.
2: Um, whenever they want The <laughs> Ryan Seacrest of golf, so
0: really many jobs, is. he doesn't even we, know what's happening. You're on today, I know.
1: I'm on today. We've got the usual show hitting the green every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, two to four Eastern time. Two to four. Okay, to a radio. I'm hosting, okay. they wrote me in to host the post game show, I believe, three to five PM Eastern time. Uh, this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, I'd bring in nice. the big gun to host the post game show or. Either that or, like, nobody else said I'd work on the weekend. So uh, totally <laughs> we got cool a piece
0: up on Action Network. Yeah, I got
2: stuff and on that. Act- and your <laughs> rankings will be up at, at Golf Bet, part of the Action Network, right?
1: Rankings. This is one of 17 different podcasts I'll do this week. This is my favorite one that I get
2: to do with you Thank guys. Thank you Attaboy. for saying that. That's our, your, our celebrated champion. All right. Well, look, uh, I think we, we, we hit it all. Um, we're rooting for some kind of... Whether at least I am, I would like a a change in the weather forecast because I would prefer this to not be a birdie fest, but under whatever conditions this thing sets up lines up for, we all love Rory. And it's just the way it's going to be this week. I mean, you know, we're we'll, we'll, we'll just going to have to ride it out that way. There we go, my birdie buddies, my eagle enthusiasts, my par-saving pals. Our thanks, uh, as always, to our buddy Jason Sobel. Thanks to the Nate Dog. Thanks to our producer, Isaiah Blakely. We're back uh, Wednesday. Of course, it's big-time big time major week. We're going to be with our big time data analytics friend, Justin Ray. That's Wednesday. In the meantime, please, why not sneak out? The days are long. Go get an afternoon round in and let's hit them straight out there.